and they're awesome and amazing. As well as every other person that serves in our church, we just count it a privilege and an honor to, to do life with you and to do ministry with you. We got the greatest uh, serve team here in Genesee County doing our kids' ministry. And so if you think you're all that in a bag of chips, then listen, we got a place for you, all right? See, we got the bag of chips already provided. We just need the dip now, the dip in the chips. So if you, <laughs> anyways, that's a bad joke, I guess. Praise the Lord. Hey, glad that you're here at GVC. Are you glad to be in church today? Yeah. Oh, praise God. Listen, we are continuing with our series today. We started last week, and the name of our series is simply called Healer. How many of you know that the Bible says that Jesus is the great physician? And so, therefore, we know something through the Word of God is that God wants His people to be healthy and whole. Now, this is maybe one of those conversations that some of you are not familiar with, maybe depending on your background. Uh, you heard some different uh, kind of ideas. But I'm going to share with you this morning that concerning the Word of God, the Word of God expresses very clearly God's will concerning our lives, and especially in this area concerning wholeness or healing within our lives. If you recall last week, we made this statement. We said that obviously the season that we're, we're in right now, we're looking towards Easter, right? And looking at what Jesus came to do. But do you realize that this conversation that we have concerning what Jesus came to do really is small in comparison to all the conversation of what he was going to do or coming to do, right? You realize that it's only been the last 2,000 years that we've been talking about Jesus and what he did at the cross. But there was really 5,000 years preceding the cross where they were continually saying, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. The Deliverer is coming. The Messiah is coming. And this conversation was started by God himself. And we, we saw it last week that he started this conversation in the garden when man fell, right? When they sinned. And if you recall, the Bible says that sin entered the earth and therefore it opened up the door to sickness and disease. It's just part of this fallen world. And, and I realize that sometimes we don't have answers to questions. And it's really sometimes challenging for me as a pastor. My wife, she made mention of it last week. She said, hey, you listen, you know, there was that couple that was here last week. She said, their daughter died just less than two years ago. And you realize that there's bad things that happen to good people. And sometimes we don't have answers for that. But one thing that we do know is that we live in a fallen world. So therefore, bad things happen to all kinds of people. Actually, the Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. But nevertheless, it's not the heart of God for sickness and disease to ravish our life or to take our lives. And if you recall, God said to Satan right at the, the fall of man, he said, there is one that's coming. There's a seed that's coming. He said, you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. Meaning that he is going to take authority and give it back into the hands of man. And part of that was to have health and healing within their physical bodies. And so we're going to continue to look at that this morning concerning God's desire and God's will for us to have health and healing. Amen? And so in regards to God the Father... We've got to really begin to see God in the right way. And I think too often times we look at God as though he's this heavy-handed deity that's just waiting to slap you upside the head. Right? And I know for myself that's kind of the way 
I have responded because my dad, I mean, he just slapped you upside the head. You straighten up, boy. <laughs> not that dad was abusive. Not, I, I'm sure I deserved it. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying that's how, they, wow, all right. Yes, I'm straightening up. Thank you, dad. <laughs> and so I think sometimes we look at God that way, that God's going to just swat us. But the Bible says this. The Bible actually says in Jeremiah, he says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And he said, it is my loving kindness that draws you to me. Come on. If you knew that God was a heavy-handed God that was just ready to slap you every time you messed up, how many of you would be fearful to, to go approach him the next time? Sure we would. But the Bible says that he is an ever-loving God, and it's his loving kindness that draws us to him. I mean, God loves us so much, and his mercy is just pouring out from his heart, and he so desires for us to know that. Amen? You know, there's a family that we know. Actually, uh, they're the family members of somebody that attends the church here. And they had a little baby boy about a year ago, and uh, I've kind of watched them on Facebook, just kind of watching the progress. I think he did actually just turned a year, or he's somewhere in that area, about of a year old. But since he has been a baby, or since his birth, he has had complications one right after another. Respiratory problems, infections in his lungs, uh, responses to medication. He's been in and out of the hospital. And as I look at, I mean, he's just such an adorable little baby. I mean, beautiful has such a pretty cute personality to him, but he's been sick for so often. And I grieve for the parents because I'm feeling their hearts. And I've heard some of the struggles and some of the financial difficulties that they've had. In fact, I, I believe that, that both mom and dad actually enlisted into the military just so that they could have steady income and have benefits for their baby boy. And man, as I see that, I'm looking... As a parent, I know that ache because when your kids are sick, you would do anything and everything you could possibly do to help them feel better, wouldn't you? I mean, man, it just grieves your heart when you think, God, if I could take a bullet for them, I would do that. How many of you would do that? I mean, when it comes to your kids, whether they're little or whether they're adults, I mean, if it became between you and them and somebody was going to receive a a bullet, who would, you, who would you have take it, man? I would step in the line of a bullet for my kids any day. Absolutely. You know, when it comes to my kids, my kids are unique in just their personalities and there's uniqueness in each one of them that I, I love, that makes them special. And even on the other side of it, there's those uniquenesses about them that just frustrate and irritate me from one kid to the next. You know what I mean? It's like this kid bugs me that way, this kid frustrates me that way, this kid, man, I want to swat him because of that. You know what I mean? And I don't say that hard. I'm just saying that's just them, their personalities. But in spite of the frustrations I have with them, never in a million years would I ever want them to experience hardship in their life because I'm a dad. And so when it comes to God the Father and us being his kids, why do we look at him being any different than us? As though he is so willing to throw us to the wolves. His heart is ever loving towards us. Are you here this morning? I mean, he just so 
desperately loves us. You know, just to give you an example of just the, the, the heart of a father, a couple years back, I, I don't remember if I shared this with you or not, but we went to uh, my niece's uh, and nephew's house in Oklahoma uh, two or three years ago, and they let us stay with them at their house, and they had a pit bull. And so they said, oh, he's fine, he's good, he loves people. Well, we took our little dog with us. He's a little Karen Terrier, and they said we could bring him, and so we did. And, and so this pit bull was not used to little company that looked like something to eat, you know what I mean? And so as we got there, I'm holding my little dog, and, and, and this pit bull keeps nipping at me and nipping at my dog while I'm, and so I keep turning away from him, and so I thought, well, you know, I'll take him and put him in our room upstairs, and so I took my dog up there, and I'm in the room, and actually I gave him some food and some water uh, just to, to put him down or put him up for the night, but I did not shut the door to the bedroom, and here comes the pit bull. And he comes in and jumps on my dog. Well, you know, because it's a pit bull, I'm not real eager to get my hands down there. You know what I mean? And so I'm kicking the dog. I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to save my dog, but I'm trying to keep a safe distance. You know, and I'm kicking the dog and doing what I can. So finally he lets go of my dog, and then my dog goes over into the corner. Well, he goes after again and gets a hold of my little dog again. Well, just at that moment, he starts yelping, my dog does, and my daughter, nine years old, comes in and sees this pit bull on top of her little dog. Now, she has the heart of a little mama to that little, little baby dog. And so without thinking about it, she lets out this scream, and she's Indian too, so maybe it was kind of this that, uh, Indian warrior coming out. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, she jumps on the back of that pit bull. Get my dog! Ah! And I'm like, holy cow! I mean, didn't think twice about it. Now listen, I was thinking twice about it when, when I was watching it, but something changed. The moment my little girl jumped on that pit bull, dad came to the rescue. And I jumped on that pit bull without thinking about it. I mean, I grabbed that pit bull by the head, slammed his head down on the ground, put my knee on the back of his neck, and I got him pinned to the ground, and I'm thinking, okay, now what? <laughs> I mean... But I didn't think about it. You know what I'm saying? Just the heart of a father says, that's my little girl. And she might get bit or hurt really bad right now. And so I went into action. And so then my nephew came to get the dog. And I'm like, okay, you got him? You got him? <laughs> okay. And so my little girl was okay, so was the little dog. But my point is this, is that the heart of a father does not want to see their child get hurt. But yet we've thought God being so much different than us. But he has the heart of a father, for he is our heavenly father. Think about it from this standpoint. I'm sure every parent that's in here, that if your child, whether it be a small child or an adult child, if it was a matter of life and death or quality of life concerning a kidney, they had dysfunctional kidneys, they had to be on dialysis, but they found out that you were a qualified donor. Would you give up your kidney for your child? I don't know about you, but I wouldn't hesitate. If it was going to extend the life of my children or give them quality of life, I would sacrifice a body part for them so that they could experience life. 
And I'm just a mere father. Notice what the scripture says here in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. It says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will the heavenly father give to you his promises? If you, he, he calls us people, if you just being evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give to you his promises? And so once again, we see that we as a mom and a dad would make the sacrifice, but that's exactly what God did. He gave of himself. He gave his only son to be the sacrifice and the penalty or take the penalty for our sin. He gave up part of himself for our livelihood so that we could have eternal life, but also quality of life. Why? Because he's a dad. He's a heavenly father that loves us. Now, once again, let me give this to you. It says in Luke 11, verse 13, it says, You being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will, everybody say will. will. How much more will the heavenly father give you the promises? So we see that God has a will. And he says, as a father, he has a will. Now, notice what the scripture says here in 1 John chapter 5, starting in verse 13. He says, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, everybody say his will. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions or the request that we have asked of him. Now, there's several things in that scripture that I want to bring to your attention. Notice it says, at the very beginning, it says, that if we ask, uh, uh, or this is the confidence rather, this is the confidence that we have in him. Who's the him that he's talking about? Jesus. And we just saw in the verse prior, in verse 13, he says, now listen, since you've believed in the Son of God or Jesus, he's the gift that the Father God gave to us. And if you believe in him and because of him, you can ask according to the will of God and he'll hear you. How many of you know that if you can ask according to the will of God, you must be able to know what the will of God is? Right? And he says, if you ask according to his will, he hears you. But not only does he hear you, he gives you the request that you've made petition or that you've asked of him. Because I've asked according to his will. And the gift of Jesus made that possible. Do you remember the Bible says over in Isaiah 53, we looked at it last week, we'll look at it again here shortly. But remember the Bible says, speaking of Jesus, the one that would come, he said that he was going to take stripes upon his back and by his stripes you are healed. So therefore we saw that because you believe in Jesus, the Son of God, 
and you begin to know the will of God and we saw that the will of God was in the backs or the stripes on his back therefore healing is his will you can ask for and receive why because he's a good father amen you know my wife my, my son he's just been under the weather just a little bit as of late and so uh, as he's feeling bad he's like mom mom I don't feel good can you give me some medicine you know what medicine's for right medicine is to make you feel better I've never heard my wife once say boy shut up quit asking me for that you deserve this in fact I want to teach you something through this right now in fact as you feel bad and you're going through all the junk that you're going through I want you just to think about your behavior a little bit while you're coughing and hacking and hurting like you are quit asking me for the medicine I told you think about it but again don't we look at God that way I think God's trying to teach me something if you being evil parents know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will the heavenly father bless you that's his heart that's his desire he is the healer amen now here's something that i want to bring to your attention not only did jesus come to be the savior of the world we see that when he was on the earth he was ministering to the sick right the Bible says that he was healing all that came to him. Not just some, but all. Nowhere in the scripture do we ever see somebody come and say, Jesus, man, I'm really hurting. Will you, will you touch my body? Um, listen, um, that one's out of the realm of my, my, my HMO. Um, we don't cover that. <laughs> You're going to have to get that prescription filled somewhere else. No, we don't ever see God or Jesus doing that. We never see Jesus saying, you know what, that one's a tough one. I've never healed that one before. Or we never see Jesus saying, well, you bonehead, if you would have stopped doing what you were doing, you know, maybe you wouldn't have had to deal with that. So shut up and quit bug bugging me. No, the Bible says that every single time Jesus ministered to those that were sick for the sake of healing their bodies. But here's what Jesus said. He said, I didn't come to do my will, but the will of the Father who sent me. So Jesus was not doing it for the sake of proving his deity or a deity trick to say, hey, I'm Jesus, the one that they were talking about for the last 5,000 years. No, he was there to express the will and the heart of the Father to say, I love you. I'm drawing you to me because I care about you. And I don't want to see you sick. Can you say amen? The reason that he came was the plan of God himself. Once again, Jesus said, I don't come to do the will or my will, but I've come to do the will of him who sent me if you recall Jesus also said this he said the things that I do are the things that I see the father do the things that I say are the things that I hear the father say so in other words he's saying I don't have my own agenda I'm here on an assignment to do the will of the father now how many of you know that going to the cross was the will of God the father right Remember, I, I asked you the question, would you give up a kidney for you, the, the health and the livelihood 
and the quality of life for your son or your daughter? And I, I heard so many say, oh, yes, I would. So the heart of God was grieved the fact that he had to give up something, but the heart and the love of the Father said, I am willing to give my son for you because I love you. And through that, you're going to have not only life, but quality of life. But do you remember what Jesus said? Do you remember when he went into the garden? The Bible says that he was praying before he went to the cross. And Jesus, knowing what he was getting ready to do, he's weeping and crying before the Father. And he says, Father, he says, if this can pass, if this cup can pass from me, if I don't have to do this, please let it pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. So Jesus was expressing, God, Father, I don't want to have to go through this right now. My, my physical man don't want to experience this right now. But not my will, but yours. So from his earthly ministry to the going of the cross to his present day ministry is not his own agenda, but it was the will of God the Father. And I keep emphasizing that because God is our dad. He loves you so much. And if you're going through some physical pains and ailments in your body, it is not his desire. And he's saying, I sent Jesus, the physician, to make you healthy and to make you whole. Because that's my heart. That's my desire. And the scripture defines the heart and the will of God. Just like going to the cross was the will of God, so was the earthly ministry of healing the sick was the will of God. And how many of you know the Bible says over in Romans, it says that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved or receive everlasting life. Everybody say all. So if salvation is available to all because of what Jesus came to do, then why do we think it's so selective when it comes to wholeness? In our physical bodies. Well, I guess you're a better Christian. I guess God loves you more than me. That's why God did it for you. Well, I guess, guess God just does for some and not for the others. No, the scripture never tells us that. Because again, the Bible says that Jesus was the will of God in action. And he healed all that came to him. Amen? The scripture defines the will of God. Now here's what happens. Our religious background or some of our wrong teaching or whatever it might be starts to bubble up and you'll say, yeah, but. No, it, it, there is no yeah, but. The Bible says that all of my promises are yes and amen. Yeah, yeah, but. Listen, how many of you know that your but will get in the way? I said your but will get in the way of what God's wanting to do. And depending on how big your butt gets, it could really mess with what God's heart and desire is for your life. Now, you understand what I'm saying? The bigger your butt get means that you just keep making more excuses. But, 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 yes, your butt is going to keep you from receiving the love of God. Right? It's his heart. It's his desire. So then what is it that I have to do to receive from God? Jesus said this, if you can believe. So in other words, all I got to do is believe that Jesus is the healer. And that qualifies me to receive of his loving kindness.
I'm able to receive from him. I want to read a scripture to you that begins to express the heart of God a little more clearly. And once again, you understand that Jesus was the will of God in action. The Bible tells us this, that the, there was a leper that came to Jesus. It says in verse 1 of chapter 8, book of Matthew, it says, When he had come down from the, the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing. See, we've been talking about the will of God. And so many people struggle with knowing whether it's God's will or not. He says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. See, everybody says, well, I know God can because he's God. But I just don't know if he will. So this leper came to him and says, if you're willing... You can make me clean. Now look at how Jesus responds in verse 3. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now, let's look at the bigger picture here. We don't really hear about or deal with leprosy on this side of the world anymore. But leprosy was a death sentence. Right? I said leprosy was a death sentence. It affected not only the quality of life, it affected the length of your life. Because you realize your body started to rot away. Started with your nose, then your fingers, then your arms, then your legs. Right? You just started to rot away. So the quality of your life diminished as the disease progressed. But then it would progress to the point that you would eventually die. So if you had leprosy, it was a death sentence. It does not get any worse. Yeah, but pastor, you don't understand. They gave me a diagnosis of cancer and said I'm stage four. All right? So it's saying unto death? Well, we see an example right here that was unto death. And he says, I know that you can. But will you? And Jesus' response was, I will. He says, I will. One translation says it this way. Of course I will. You see, we've had this idea that we've got to come crawling up to the feet of God and say, God, please, if you see fit, heal my body. But when this leper came to Jesus, not knowing the will, he says, well, of course I will. When your children come to you as a parent and they say, will you give me some medicine? What's your response? Of course I will. I want you well and healthy. So God desires for us to approach with that same confidence of believing and knowing that it is His will to touch our lives. To give us not only length of life, but quality of life. And if you're carrying and walking around with sickness and disease in your body, then you are not experiencing all the fullness of God's will. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus, the physician, is still in operation. He still has office hours. In fact, he doesn't just work from 9 to 5. It's 24-7. And it says, all that call on the name of Jesus shall be not only saved, but delivered, set free, healed. All we got to do is believe. I hope that through just hearing these messages, you are 
beginning to see that God has a heart for you and does not want you to carry this burden of being sick and diseased for the rest of your life. So here's what we said. We said next week we're actually going to pray for sick people. Why are we doing that? Because for the last two weeks I wanted you to hear God's word to help build and establish faith. Amen? So next week we're going to pray for you if you're sick. If you know somebody that's sick, today was a good day to have them here. But listen, if they need prayer, if they need a miracle, I encourage you, bring them next Sunday. Now you might say, I don't know if I got the confidence or the boldness to do it. If you knew that there was a miracle cure and you had the answer, would you not go through hell or high water to see that they were here? We've got the answer. All I'm going to do is pray. So in other words, I'm going to administer medicine, but Jesus is the healer. Amen? And we're going to see God do His thing. You say, can you be sure? Yes, because I've seen it time and time again. Next week, I'll share some stories with you just to help boost your confidence because we have seen the miraculous. We've seen God be God. We've seen God do the impossible. And the Bible says that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me read one last scripture, and then we're going to take communion. Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. It says, but in fact, he has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows and pains. Yet we ignorantly assumed that he was stricken and struck down by God and degraded and humiliated by him. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. The punishment required... For our well-being fell on him, and by his stripes, the wounds, we are healed. Amen. Gentlemen, if you'll get ready to help me take communion, the worship team, they're going to get ready to take the platform. The scripture in Isaiah was looking ahead as to what he would do. Today, we're looking back on what he did. If you recall, the scripture says concerning Jesus, it says before his death, burial, and resurrection that he broke bread. He says, I'm making a promise or I'm making a covenant with you. He said, this bread represents my body that is broken. He said, this cup that we drink is the blood that is shed. He says, this is about what is going to happen. This is what I've come to do and he says do this to remember so here's what we're going to do we're going to partake of communion this morning together as a family and we're going to put ourselves in remembrance of his faithfulness of the promise that we have through the will of God amen gentlemen if you'll join me over here Obviously, they're coming to serve you. Go ahead, fellas. It'll take just a minute. But just grab the the elements. The little wafer in the cup. 
And just as they're preparing or as they're getting your elements to you, just begin to prepare your heart. Just begin to put yourself in remembrance of what it is that Jesus did. Jesus was the will of God. Not only to pay for the sacrifice of sin or be the sacrifice, but to give you wholeness of life. So if you've got some things going on in your life right now that are out of sorts, maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's your family, maybe it's your mental health, maybe you're struggling in your mind, maybe it's depression. Maybe, you're, maybe you've been suicidal. Listen, you've got something to live for. You've got a purpose. In fact, I'll just challenge you. If you've had those suicidal thoughts, it's from the very pit of hell. And you know what? One of the things that I've seen throughout my life, it seems to be the ones that are most have the most potential to be used by God it seems as though it's those that the enemy targets so if you've had thoughts of this ending it I want you to know that God has a purpose and a plan for your life he's got something for you to do that's gonna change the landscape of your world don't let the enemy talk you out of the things that he's got purpose for your life but know that the will of God is for you to be free in your emotions, in your mind, in your thought life. If you're here this morning and you've got physical things going on in your body, as we partake, remember what the scripture says that it says, come on, join me, guys. saying if there's physical ailments going on in your body remember what the scripture said that by his stripes you are healed and to Peter verse 24 it says that by his stripes you were healed before Jesus ever came he saw in the future and said you were after the fact he looked back and said you was Amen. So if you've got something going on in your body, right now is the day to allow the physician to begin a work. You don't have to wait till next week. You can say, hey, listen, right now as I take communion, I'm receiving my healing because that's what we're remembering it for. Amen. Can we stand together? Over in Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, he says this. He said, do this in remembrance of Him. As often as ye, he says, keep this in your remembrance. Don't let it just become a religious thing that you do. Stir up the reality of what Jesus came to do so that you really know the will of the Father for your life.
And he says, this bread represents the body that was broken for you. So if Jesus allowed his body, which was the will of God to be broken for you, then why do we have to continue to allow our bodies to be broken when he already took the punishment for our brokenness? So, as just a symbolism, let's break the bread and partake and receive healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your body that was broken. In the bread, there is no magic cure. There is no superstitious thing that happens when we eat the bread. But God, it is really just an extension of our faith, recognizing that you took the price for our physical healing. And so by partaking of the body, we by faith receive our healing in Jesus' name. So we thank you that, Lord, minds are being cleared up right now. Lord, depression is leaving. Clarity of mind in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, that sickness and disease is now leaving our bodies. Cancer, you cannot abide. You cannot stay. You are trespassing in Jesus' name. So it is time that you leave in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that our bodies are functioning. Joints are being lubricated and working the way they ought to. Oh, thank you, Father. Yes, I thank you that, Lord, cartilage is being restored between joints. That there's no more bone on bone. But no, there is now cushion and there is lubrication in those joints in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for it. Oh, we thank you for it, Lord. And I thank you that, Lord, even though we are getting older in age, you are restoring our youth, as the Scripture says. So we'll cooperate with you in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Then secondly, the Apostle Paul, he says this. He says, the cup represents the blood of the new covenant. And the blood of Jesus is what seals everything. The blood of Jesus is what sealed your salvation for eternal life. But it was also the blood that sealed the promise of the quality of life. And so when you partake of the cup, remember that it was Jesus' blood that set you free, that delivered you, that made you whole, and it sealed the whole package deal. Amen? Let's partake together in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Once again, Lord, we thank you for this cup that we take, this juice that represents the blood. Once again, there's no magical substance to it, God. It's just an extension of our faith, knowing that the blood of Jesus sealed it all, was the spotless lamb that paid the sacrifice that made us righteous before you. So God, we thank you for it. We surrender our hearts and our lives in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Come on, just while you're right there. Can we just worship God one last time? Take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. 
we know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.